today's word. This week, I am starting a two-part series. That means I'll preach part one today and part two next week, Sunday. And I've titled it, Who Touched Me? Who Touched Me? And my subtitle is, Those Who Take From Us. Those Who Take From Us. Originally, I was developing this message as part of the series I just completed, The Principle of Gathering. Uh, so about three weeks ago, I was uh, working on it. And, but at a point, I just felt it didn't fit the principle of gathering too well. So I would just take it out and, and treat it on its own. Although it deals a, a bit with the concept of gathering, as you will find out. And we are looking at people who have impact on us and sometimes take things out of our lives. And uh, we're going to discover from a very popular scripture uh, how that happened. This is a passage that most of us have preached about. I have preached about it in a different way. And today we're going to look at the same familiar scripture. And I'm going to look at it a little differently from how we are accustomed to looking at it. And it's from Mark chapter 5 and from verse 25 to 31. Mark's gospel chapter 5 and from verse 25 to 31. And let us hear the word of the Lord. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and has suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? And that's where we'll end it for this week, and uh, next week we'll take it up again. And usually, this passage of Scripture is used to illustrate a tenacity of faith and how we can break through obstacles, press through difficulties, and still touch God for his power uh, and for healing or for deliverance or whatever we desire from God. And, and it's rightly so that it should be taught that way. And I have myself taught it that way. But this week, I'm going to look at the scripture uh, from a different perspective. And this week I'll look at it from the woman's point of view and next week I'll look at it from Jesus' point of view. But I'm taking a different look at this passage. So we're going to start with the statement that the woman made and that tells us the motive behind her actions. She says, if only I may touch his clothes. She believed that touching the clothes of Jesus was a way of touching Jesus himself. 
the clothes represented Jesus himself. If only I may touch Jesus. And why did she say that? Because Jesus had a reputation as a healer. He was a healer. He made people well. He made people better. He was a miracle worker. And obviously, this woman had heard a lot of reports about Jesus Christ. Probably friends of hers have told her about many things that Jesus had done to make people's lives better, heal them, and all of that. So she decides, I need healing. And if only I will touch Jesus, if only I can get to where Jesus is and I can touch him, I will be made well. Now, if you look at the sentence, it looks like a great sentence, but inside of that sentence, there is motive, and we're going to look at that very shortly. Three things under this that I want you to look at. First is that this woman had a great need. She was sick. She was getting worse. And she suffered a disease that drained her of blood. And the Bible says this has been going on for 12 years. If you lose blood for 12 years, that, that's quite desperate. Even if you had a small cut on your finger and, and blood came out and that blood never stopped for 12 years, I mean, that, that's a dire circumstance. But she was losing more than a, a cut on the finger. So she's in a bad shape. And not only that, that not only is blood being drained, but money is being drained. She goes to one doctor after the other, goes to one uh, healer after the other, people promising whatever. Maybe she did homeopathy and she did uh, acupuncture and did all of that, and, and nothing was working. She heard about Indian treatment. She goes for Indian treatment, Chinese treatment. She goes for Chinese, goes for Ghanaian herbalist treatment, and she's done everything. All she did is lose money and lose blood. So she has a desperate need. And desperate people do desperate things. And because of this desperation, the need she has, she decided that she wants to get close to Jesus. She determined to get close to Jesus. In spite of all her weaknesses and all the obstacles around her, she pressed to get close to Jesus and wanted to get as close to Jesus as possible. But she wasn't trying to get close to Jesus so that she can serve Jesus. She's not trying to get close to Jesus so that she can know Jesus better. She's trying to get close to Jesus for herself. For herself. Everything is centered around her, her desperate situation, her need and the person who has the solution, Jesus. And so she decides, I'm going to go to where Jesus is. I'm going to mingle in the crowd. And I'm going to do everything possible to get to where Jesus is. It's like somebody who is broke, who gets to know that somebody is rich. And they decide, whatever I do with my life, that man has to be my friend. Or oh, that woman has to be my friend. And they decide they're going to get close to you. And from your point of view, you think I'm gaining a friend. But from their point of view, I'm gaining support for my life. 
help for my life. Nothing about you, everything about what you carry, what you've gathered, what you hold dear. And that's what this woman is doing. So she decides to get close to Jesus. And the third thing you would notice is that she has an agenda. She has an agenda. This is a woman with a big agenda. If only I will get close to him, I will be healed. That's my agenda. She had an agenda. And every part of the agenda was aimed at her well-being and nothing about Jesus. And she represents people who are so desperate for help that they become very self-centered and very selfish, as we'll find out very soon. She wanted to touch Jesus' clothes. She understood that touching Jesus' clothes was touching Jesus. She understood that when she touches Jesus, something from Jesus will come to her. And she decides, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to do it anyway. If only I can touch him. If a desperately needy person hears that you are a generous person, they may also say, if only I can touch him. If only I can be his friend, my problems will be solved. In our part of the world in Ghana, if people realize that you are generous, you're good, you're kind, you find everybody saying, if I may but touch the hem of their garment, they want to get close to you. Not because they love you, but because they have a need. When uh, I became a pastor first, on my earlier years of the, uh, as a pastor, I didn't understand some of these dynamics. And uh, I realized that sometimes people who are desperate can be very unreasonable. Very, very unreasonable. And uh, they, they will come to my house at any time. They don't care whether you're married, you have children, whether you're sleeping, you're not sleeping. 12 midnight, they're banging. I need help. I need help. 2 a.m., they're banging. And sometimes what they come to talk about is nothing desperate. But they think their pain entitles them to intrude into your life. And sometimes, if you're not a pastor, but you're somebody that people perceive to have something they need, they beat at your door, and they want to touch your life, and they want to take away from you. And that's what we are looking at concerning this woman. I know you would say, well, but she was a woman of faith. I have not denied it. But she received a miracle. I have not denied it. But the end does not justify the means. The fact that she got resolved does not mean the method was right. And we'll find out very soon. Because many times people think because something works, then it's right. Just because something works does not mean it's right. Sometimes it works in spite of it being wrong. And especially sometimes when you're dealing with God, he makes things work even when they're not supposed to work. And don't take his yes to be an approval of your method. So, woman with an agenda. Who can run from a woman with an agenda? So she says, I want to touch Jesus. I want to touch Jesus. What is in a touch? Two things about a touch. One, a touch represents contact, a point of meeting. 
meeting people, meeting somebody. She says, I'm going to meet this guy. I have to be where he is. I need to touch him. I need to make contact. These days, you know, it's, it's very common to meet somebody for the first time and they don't know you from Adam and they want to take a picture with you. You know, it, it's quite strange to me. You, I meet somebody I haven't met before. You haven't invested in my life. I haven't invested in your life. You just know me. I need to take a picture. Why do you want to take a picture? Why do you want the person's card? Why do you want their phone number? Is it because you're going to pray for them? You're going to do all-night prayer meeting for them? No, because you want to make contact. And the contact creates connection. Connection provides exchange. So that's what the woman is looking for. I need to make contact. I need to connect with Jesus so I can get something from him. Why? Because I'm desperate. Of course, she makes contact and she makes the connection. So let's look at what the woman did. What did she do when she contacted Jesus? What did she do? First is that she touched Jesus secretly. She moved quietly, unnoticed. No one paid attention to what she was doing. She made a demand on Jesus without telling him what she was doing. Because she's suffering. So she comes silently and she's inching through the crowd to touch Jesus. And she's doing it without telling Jesus, this is what I'm doing. You know, many times in the life of Jesus Christ, most people who needed help from him announced the, their need. Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, help me. Lord, heal me. Lord, my servant is sick. Lord, my daughter is sick. Lord, this is what is happening. But this woman doesn't talk about her need. She is doing it silently. So you may not even know she's there, but she's determined whether you are ready or not. I'm going to take power from you. You may not like it, but I'll take it anyway. So she's coming silently and quietly. You know, many times there are people who behave that way. Silently, quietly, without announcement, they're getting close. And before you realize, they're taking stuff. As I said, don't look at this from the point of view of she received a miracle. Looked at it from a human point of view. You are relating to somebody. You need something from the person. You believe the person can help you, but you are not ready to talk to the person about it, but you still determine, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. So she does it silently. Silent movement. Most of us have people who are in our lives. Silently they come. Silently they take. The second thing you would notice is that she siphoned power from Jesus. She knew she was going to take something from Jesus. She knew she was going to take power. And Jesus confirmed, power has left me. She siphoned power out of Jesus. Took something from Jesus without his permission. That's a serious thing. To make a demand on somebody take something from somebody 
without making the person aware. Now, I want you to just think of what is going on. Why is this story playing out? This story is playing out because there was a man called Jairus. And Jairus had a daughter who's 12 years old, who is at the point of death. And Jairus went to where Jesus was and said to Jesus, Sir, my 12-year-old daughter is at the point of death. Come and heal her. So Jesus leaves where he is with Jairus to go and heal Jairus' daughter. The agenda of Jesus is I'm going to heal Jairus' daughter. That's all he's doing. So Jesus decides, I'm going to heal Jairus' daughter. This woman has no appointment with Jesus. But she intrudes into Jairus' daughter's time. I want you to imagine, for example, I know Jesus had all power. There's no limit to his power. He can work at any time. But what if Jesus was a medical doctor? You think of Jesus as a medical doctor. Because, you know, people read some of these verses in the Bible and they think that any booga booga way works. As for God, you know, you can use patapa and, 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 and it works. But I want you to think, if this is uh, a doctor, somebody goes to the doctor's house and says, my daughter is sick, come and help her. He picks up his medical bag, whatever they put in their medical bag, I don't know. He's going to heal this daughter who has a legitimate appointment. And somebody else comes and takes advantage of that. The medication is given to this woman who is older than the little girl. She gets well. And the little girl dies because exactly what happened. Whilst they're going and they're having this encounter with this woman. You know, many times when we read the Bible, uh, something is one verse and we think it takes one minute. But that's not what happened. Jesus is going. This woman touches him. Jesus stops the trip to Jairus' house. And he asked, who touched me? In the verse, it looks like it happened instantly, but things don't naturally happen instantly. Who touched me? I'm sorry, Jesus is going around. Who touched me? Quiet. Who touched me? Who touched me? This woman is there, not saying anything. Who touched me? Finally, the disciples say, sir, let's move on. Let's move on. This is about nothing. This is about nothing. Let's move on. Jesus says, Somebody touch me. They say, everybody is touching you. Everybody is touching you. Jesus says, no, somebody, somebody has taken something from me without my permission. Without talking to me about it. And I need to address it. So Jesus has to address the situation. And whilst Jesus is there and they're trying to address the situation of silent taker who comes to siphon power without permission, he gets information that the original patient, Jairus' daughter, is dead. Of course, Jesus has power to raise the dead. The girl is dead. Why? Somebody delayed the trip. At the expense of somebody's daughter. Why? Because they have an old problem and they need help. Is it going to kill somebody? I don't care. I need help. Will somebody's daughter die? I don't know. Will the man be offended? I don't care. As for me, I want my breakthrough. And there are many people who are insensitive when they have a need and they want to intrude on people and have no respect for anybody else. Except if only I can get there, 
I will get what I want. The third thing, which is for me the most grievous, the most grievous thing, is that after this woman has been healed, she wants to silently walk away. Wants to go quietly without telling anybody. You came silently, siphoned power silently, now you have been helped at least. Common courtesy says, stand and talk to the guy and say, Sir, thank you. I came here hopeless. Nobody knew, but you've healed me. Jesus would have appreciated. She didn't talk to Jesus about it. She didn't talk to anybody about it. And she's ready to leave. You know, there, there are many people who come around and you help them and you give them the help. But sometimes they don't even ask for it. They take it. And they never stop to say thank you. And this woman is about to do that. The one who occasioned everything was Jesus. When he said, who touched me? The disciples said, move on. He says, I'm not moving on. I need to find the person. Was it important to Jesus? Yes. If it wasn't important, he would have walked on. It was important that if you've been touched and you've been blessed, you have to be grateful. And you have to show gratitude. It's important. It's important. God has blessed you. God has touched you. And you want to walk away quietly? And sometimes some of us like that. God uses somebody to touch us. Bless us. Our life improves. But we want to go quietly. Sometimes we even think, well, it is all the grace of God. It's not man. I shouldn't thank man. But you determined there was God. Why didn't you go to the temple? But you went for his garment. Because you understood that God is working through this person to be a blessing to me. And I have to show gratitude. <laughs> Left to this woman alone, nobody would have known this miracle happened. This story would not be in the Bible. She would have consumed everything on herself and left. Silent takers. Because sometimes people don't understand the value of showing appreciation for the thing that blessed you. I'm sure she thinks maybe Jesus doesn't need it. You know, Jesus has so much power. If I go and take a little healing, what is that? You know, it's like somebody who feels that you are very rich. Very rich. You're the richest person in, in Ghana. And he comes to ask you for money and you give him or her 100 cities. And they take the money and walk away. No thanks. Because they think, Hundred, as if it was theirs that has been given back to them. Hundred. It is virtue. It is somebody's sweat. It has come to you. And many times people are helped, they are blessed, and they never say thank you until you ask them. So you don't know how to say thank you 
That's what Jesus is saying. So you don't know how to say thank you? And the woman came and said, okay, yeah, 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 thank you, sir. You know, normally you tell people, say thank you, and they say, okay, thank you. And you know, while they're saying thank you, they're insulting you in their head. Ah, this 100, what, what do you think? Ah, these rich people, you, the money that came, you won't even feel it. But Jesus felt it. He felt it. He felt somebody took illegally from me. Otherwise, if it was normal, he would have gone. Peter says, the disciples say, everybody's touching you. Yes, everybody's touching, but not everybody's taking. This is a touch that is taking, and the person must not run away in silence. Listen to me. We acknowledge her faith. We acknowledge the miracle. We acknowledge that this is a very bold, tenacious woman. But we don't approve of her method. Is the miracle of God? Yes. Jesus affirmed the miracle. He says, I'm not going to take the miracle back. It's yours. And now, anytime I read this passage, I felt, I don't know, Jesus is not in the passage, but I just felt Jesus was not too happy with what she did. That's why I'm preaching at it. He said, how do you know that? How do you feel that? Well, I didn't talk to Jesus about this. And, uh, but I look at similar circumstances in the Bible. The Syrophoenician woman, she did something very unusual. She comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, my daughter is sick. Come and heal her. Jesus says, hey, 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 hey. We don't give the children's bread to the dogs. And he says, even the dogs eat the crumbs. And Jesus says, your daughter is healed at this time. He says, I have never seen any faith. No, not in Israel. That means not only did Jesus heal her, but commended her faith. The centurion comes to Jesus, says, my daughter is sick. Jesus says, I'll come and heal him. He says, no, 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 no. Don't come and pray for my daughter. Speak the word only. My daughter will be healed. Jesus says, I've never seen such faith. If I look at this woman's miracle, it's at par with those miracles. Because it's a bold, audacious courageous act. But Jesus didn't say, I've never seen such great faith. He says, your faith has made you whole. It's like a fanti would say, Abeja, foko. <laughs> that's basically, that's what Jesus, you got it, okay, your faith, your faith has made you whole. Go. You got it by your own self. But I'm sure if she had come to say, Lord, look what happened. I just touched you and look what has happened. Jesus would have said, I have never seen such great faith. But because she was running away silently, not ready to acknowledge him, not ready to testify, it's, you got it, take it. So why am I preaching this message? Because in this world, there are people who are takers. They are takers. There are those who touch you just to draw from you. They get close, they're silently around, silently siphoning. And they never pause to say, you helped me. You were there for me. You know, sometimes I wonder, where was this woman when Jesus was being crucified? Wasn't there. Maybe she was there, the Bible didn't record it. But she wasn't. She felt her desperate situation 
qualified her to act the way she acted. And if you are one such taker, may I just tell you, your desperate situation doesn't qualify you to be ungrateful. Your desperate situation doesn't qualify you to take silently and walk away silently. Somebody will say, well, maybe the woman was very embarrassed with her situation uh, and there was so much crowd and uh, she didn't want to talk to the crowd in the crowd and all of that. It's true, it's, it's reasonable, but the crowd was there. She wasn't shy to push through the crowd with her issue. If you cannot be quiet or you cannot be shy pushing through the crowd, why would you be shy of testifying before the crowd? Because the passage says immediately she touched Jesus. She felt that she was healed. So the shame is gone. There's no shame again. She can now say, once I had this problem, but now I am healed because the problem has been solved. The source of shame is gone. But she still wants to run away quietly. Because when you look through the life of Jesus, everybody who came to Jesus with a need came openly, except this one. Lazarus is dead. They want to tell Jesus. Jairus tells Jesus. Everybody, the blind Bartimaeus, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He wasn't shy. But this one, silent seeker and silent runner. You now there are people like that in the church. They come to sit in church. They get blessed. And they go away silently. As for me, I come silent quietly and I go quietly. But what about the hem of the garment you touched and what came to you? Some people actually come to church. They wait till the offering time is over. Then they come in quietly. And then they go away quietly. And, and they will say, oh, the, the service blessed me. God touched me. Oh, oh, this is, and, and all of that. But nobody knows. You come quietly. You take silently. And run away quietly. They did help you. Yes, it helped you. It healed the woman. But Jesus had to stop everything he was doing and correct that mistake. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebi, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebi. Email otebi at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000. I'm just...